Many Wolfpack fans have longed to hear it. The quarterback of the future is now the quarterback of the now. MJ Morris takes over as QB1. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Tuesday. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. What a Monday. Monday news bomb of all news bombs. Mm-hmm. MJ Morris is now mm-hmm. your new QB1 for the NC State Wolfpack here in 2023. We have made it through five games before a change was made here. We spoke a little bit about this in yesterday's episode and, of course, much more loudly Friday evening on our live stream, but this had to be done. Dave Dorn yes. was in a position on Monday afternoon where this had to be done. There was no other yeah. decisions to be made here. And the overall play from Brennan Armstrong through five games, it simply wasn't going to cut it. Point blank period. There's no other way to look at this. This offense yeah. has been so bad through five games. You cannot afford to get into the meat of your schedule and still have zero offensive identity. And so This change has been probably a long time coming. Change is warranted. And we're here now. MJ Morris is QB1. In the words of Edwin Hawkins, oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Because, you know, when Doran washed our Armstrong away, I don't think that people truly understand. I I really don't think that people understand. There's a reason that I have not criticized our wide receiver core for not being able to get open the way some people have. They are getting open. I, I promise you. I pro- Listen, I know that this sounds crazy to some of you. They are getting open. They, they're doing the thing. We're just not hitting them. I talked about this even in games that we won. I talked about this in the uh, Connecticut game. I said, I, I got to go back and watch the film. It felt like Brennan was one read, tuck, and go. And, and our offensive line was just terrible. And then I rewatched the game. I said, okay, they weren't good. They weren't good. I'll give them that. They were bad, sure. They weren't that bad. There were clean pockets where he's like, oh, oh, my feet are a little happy. Brother, you're a six-year senior. We can't have happy feet. So with that in mind, I'm glad that Doran has decided the offense needs a shot in the arm. Hopefully this means no more 10-point or lower games. Hopefully this means that we're going to get some effective reading of the, this change. Like you said, it, to quote another old him, Sam Cook, it's been a long, long time coming. But I know, oh, oh change is going to come. And change is here. MJ Moore's time is here. We need the brother to stay healthy so he can do his thing and show out on this offense. Because, again, I believe, 
and I'm not saying that we got a bunch of Ferraris that we were running with a Volvo at quarterback. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I think we had some Mustangs. There is a world where this offense doesn't drastically improve under MJ. That's a very real possibility because MJ Morris by himself, I don't think will single-handedly elevate the running game to a whole nother level. Don't get me wrong. I do think that he's much more athletic than Brendan Armstrong. For all the love that Brendan Armstrong got for running, I think MJ's better at it than him. But with that being said, I don't think that he alone will elevate our running game to a whole nother level. Um, However, again, I, the bare minimum I want my quarterback to do, make the right read. And MJ, we trust. Something I want to talk about reverting back to this Louisville game from Friday night. We had 13 possessions here. 12 of them ended in six plays or less. That is pathetic. That's absolutely pathetic. And I want to roll back through these. The only series that we scored a touchdown on, that one went 13 plays. That was the one possession that was longer than six. The others went as follows. We had two series that ended in six plays. We had one series that ended in five plays. That was the series that ended with the interception, the end zone. That play in particular, we will be continuing with our locked on look of the week. Kenton has mm-hmm. some knowledge on the pass protect here in a couple minutes. We had two series that ended in four plays, and we had six three and outs. Six of them. Yeah. And then, of course, the final drive of the night was the arm punt straight up in the air to effectively seal the deal. You got to think that MJ Morris, whether he can come in and provide a massive lift to this offense or not, you have to think you can improve on a such a horrible performance as that one. And again, inserting MJ Morris here is not an immediate fix, but he is a better quarterback. He has a higher ceiling and all in all is more talent. Putting MJ in a quarterback doesn't get you a brand new house, but I'll tell you what, a new roof will stop the water from coming in when it's raining now. That's correct. Something else here. I know, you know, this is not an official way to judge quarterbacking at all, but I've always considered the number one criteria of a good quarterback is does your team rock with you? And I do believe that this team is going to rally behind MJ a little harder than they were with Armstrong. Now we'll touch on the specifics of that in a minute, because I think some folks are breaking out the conspiracy theories. I'm not there, but there's likely a very real feel to this locker room in which a lot of guys are going to play harder behind MJ. It's a very real thing. If you've played sport, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. That's what I'm getting at here. And again, I'm not jumping off the deep end. I don't think we're throwing ball games for any reason at all. No, no. But I do think that this team is going to rock with MJ, so to speak. Absolutely. And you know, I mean, MJ did make rock with you. You know, we that is that is a, a classic by you see what King I did of Pop. There? Yeah, I got you. I got you. I see. <laughs> I feel you're knocking, nephew, and I'm gonna let you in. But very seriously, this is a situation where I mean, these are college athletes. These young men know, regardless if it's Brennan throwing you the ball, regardless of if it's uh, MJ throwing you the ball, regardless if you're blocking for MJ, regardless if you're blocking for Michael Allen, regardless if you're blocking for Jordan Houston, regardless if you're blocking for Demi Sumo, regardless if you're blocking for, um, you know, uh, Demarcus Jones, Delbert, it doesn't matter. You still have to do your job. If you want to go to that next level to where your checks, one game check is more than some people make in a year, 
then you got to do what you got to do regardless. So I, I wholeheartedly disagree with the uh, whole throwing ball games thing. Yeah. But there is definitely something to when a guy is likable, it makes it easy. I've played with all types of quarterbacks. Yes. I've played with quarterbacks that everybody loves. I've always hated quarterbacks. It's, 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 a, it's not a glitch in my system. It's a feature. Um, but I've played with quarterbacks that everybody else liked, and I knew, like, all right, there's going to be a difference. I can feel a palpable difference in, in the way the players feel about things as opposed to the quarterback is like, all right, hey, boys, I'll make it easy. Follow me as opposed to the quarterback that keeps coming to the defense. One more stop, guys. We need one more stop. Just give me one more stop. Give us one more score, brother. With this change, you need an elevation in play from everyone involved. Everyone. The O-line, the running back room, the tight ends, the wide receivers, MJ at the quarterback position, everybody, including the coaches, including the coaches. It includes everyone. And so we hope with this change here, that this is a step in the right direction. In just a minute here, we're going to continue our analysis with our Locked On Look of the Week. Kenton is going to break down the protection on the interception play that we spoke about yesterday. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Our first sponsor of the day is Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about buying your tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and use redeem code Locked On College. That's L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, Locked On College, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now revisit our Locked On Look of the Week. We're talking about the interception that Armstrong threw into the end zone early in the third quarter. Kenton has some interesting notes on the pass protection for this play in particular. I need people to understand that, yes, MJ will make this offense better, but there are still problems to be addressed here. But I don't know if this was on Brennan. I don't know if this was on Lyndon Cooper. I don't know whose responsibility it was to call out this protection. But I'm going to start with this frame. Every player, so there are currently 10 Louisville players on in the screen, okay? The 11th is the high side or the wide side, strong side corner. Outside cornerback is way out of the frame. You cannot see him. But every player that has the opportunity to be coming on a blitz has a white X over them. So the slot corner to the strong side does not have an X. He's too far. That him blitzing will put him in no man's land to where he doesn't add into the rush and he won't get home or oh, he won't uh, help out in coverage either. So he's stuck in the middle of nowhere, not helping anything. Same thing for the free safety here. He's 10 yards deep. He is too deep to blitz from there. He does not have that kind of speed. It just does not work like that. I'm sorry. So you've got this weak side corner, weak side nickel. 
You've got this, uh, all, obviously, all four of the defensive linemen. And you have the linebacker, Jalen Alderman, and Devin Neal lined up directly behind him. Those are the eight that can come on a blitz. Now, what I want people to rec- recognize here, if you're watching this on YouTube, the top two people with X's on the screen are the only two to the field who have an opportunity to come on a blitz. And the ball is on the hash mark. The ball is on the hash mark. So if they're the only two that can come on a blitz, they got a lot of ground, a lot of ground to cover and make up for. So the next thing that you should look at is, well, why would they trust those two to take on that much ground if they are potentially blitzing because this is a pass play and I know it's a pass play? Well, here's a short answer. They don't. They're going to try to overload you to the weak side and force you to roll into Ashton Gelati. That's what they're going to do because Ashton Gelati is the uh, the strong side defensive end here, I believe. So I'm going to go from eight who can blitz to, again, showing you all the separation. Lyndon Cooper has his hand on the ball, which is on the hash mark. That black line separates which side of the ball every player is on, the strong side or the weak side in terms of the players who can blitz. There are two to the strong side, two players to the strong side that can blitz, six to the weak side. Count them off. One, two, three, four, five, six. Now, obviously, all six of them did not come. This was a man look. So the two corners, the slot corner and the outside corner, manned up. However, the other four, All came on the dog. Now, this is what should have happened. For those of you who are listening on any audio platform, what I have drawn up is the offensive line sliding to the side that has four potential blitzers or really really six potential blitzers before guys that actually blitz. The entire offensive line should be sliding to the left outside of our right tackle because he's got the defensive end one-on-one. The front side guard or right guard should be coming to get this nose guard here. The center should be coming to get whoever's in the A gap, the guard, left guard, whoever's in the B gap, this tackle, whoever comes outside. That's where we need to be going with this thing, okay? And then Demarcus Jones needs to add in and find work. He needs to add in and find anybody. The first place he needs to look is that strong side B-gap, just in case Aston Gelati is working a quick inside move or they're running some type of pass rush game over there, and Aston has a step. After he takes just a quick split second, is Aston inside right away? Okay, great. Let me turn my eyes back to these linebackers and go there. Or, honestly, he might not even want to get his eyes on Aston. He might just need to say, you know what? I'm with the linebacker. Wherever the linebacker goes, I'm going to follow or I'm going to find trash out of whoever comes out if somebody generates pressure against this slide because again they should be sliding to the left side because this is all about math the same thing i said yesterday it didn't change today in pass rushing situations and pass protection situations you always want to have either a man for a man meaning everybody's accounted for and if you can't do that you want to have the utmost outside guy be the free rusher you always want that because that gives you the longest amount of time relative to allowing somebody to seep through the line, to seep through an A or B gap right away. That's just the reality of what we're looking at here, okay? So the first principle of pass protection in these slot situations and all that 
is big on big. We do not want to have a slide where our running back is taking on a defensive end, especially not a defensive end like Ashton Gelati. That's a bad call. That's not going to end well for you. You want big on big. So if you're looking in this red box or if you're listening along, I drew a red box around our right tackle, right guard, and their nose guard and the top side, strong side defensive end. So we've got two for two there. Everybody's accounted for. Excellent. Good. And again, this is if they slide to the left. We look at the the, the box from Demarcus Jones up through Devin Neal. So if this slide happens appropriately, you have the center, the left guard, the left tackle, and the running back. Now, Grayson, I believe that you passed uh, first grade math. You're a logistics guy. How many people did I just count off? Four. All right. Counted off four people. Now, how many folks are in this box to rush, Grayson? How many are in this box to rush here? That's four. Four. Okay. So we got, we're not at Wendy's, but we got ourselves a classic four for four here, right? We love that. We, that's great. We have the numbers that we're looking for because, again, everybody's accounted for. Even if we lose a one-on-one matchup, that one-on-one loss is always going to take longer than Andy Air blocking somebody. For those of you who don't know, Andy Air means nobody's there. That means that somebody is rushing free, okay? So if they slide to the left, everybody's accounted for, real easy, real simple. And this is the blitz that Louisville came with. Their outside rusher rushes the outside shoulder of the, the tackle. Uh, both of the outside ends, actually, both of the defensive ends rush outside. The nose guard tries to pin the center so the defensive tackle can loop around and both the linebacker and the safety. Because they got the slide wrong, which you can see they're currently doing as this play is going on, they're going to have a situation where they have a two-on-one. As you can see in this slide here, for those of you who are um, listening, again, we have the right tackle and right guard double-teaming Ashton Gelati. We have the center taking the defensive tackle that looped around. We have the backside guard or the left guard taking the nose guard who tried to pin the center. And that leaves Marcus, Demarcus Jones in a two-on-one. He was already doomed from the start of this thing, and Jalen Alderman hits him with a little shimmy, swim move, Demarcus Jones looks lost. He gets beat instantly. And Devin Neal is being blocked by who, Grayson? I believe that's our guy, Andy Ayer. Andy Ayer. Andy Ayer is not listed on the roster for a reason. He doesn't exist. So that means we have a running back who has been beat right away by the outside line or by the linebacker. And we have a free rusher as a safety. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, Ken, he still got the throw off. What's the problem? If you look at Brennan's feet, which are circled here, they're circled in, in a dotted line, dotted red line here, a dotted red circle here. The reality is simple. Look at his feet when he's throwing this ball and look at the position of Alderman and Neal. He cannot step into this throw. He cannot make a good fundamental solid throw because pressure is in his face right away. So instead of throwing this ball with good mechanics, he has to over-muscle it, over-rely on his arm because he knows if I step into this thing, I may get somebody hitting me up under my chin and nighty-night good 
you know, good night down the road for a long flight if one of them catches me wrong, right? So instead, he muscles this thing. It flies right over Keon Lassane's head into Cam Kelly's lap. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. Secret Santa. Cam, yours is Brennan. You got it, brother. Good, good for you. That's what happens when you call this protection incorrectly. And that is why having Dylan McMahon back is going to be such a big deal. Because again, if you go back to the original, we have a situation of six potential rushers against two, and we slid to the two. That makes no sense. That means that we have just arbitrarily, uh, we have arbitrarily assigned three blockers to take on two. That never makes sense if you're talking from a standpoint of a potential blitz scenario. That makes no sense because like we talked about, you're going to have somebody rushing against Andy Air. And Andy Air is going to get your quarterback lit up 10 times out of 10, which Brennan Armstrong took a hit here. He threw a bad pick here. But again, I, I don't know who it was on, so I'm not going to say, you know, hey, I know exactly who to blame. I know exactly. I don't know if the center was on this call. I don't know if Brennan influenced this call. I don't know who called it. But whoever called it called this slide the wrong way because as you can see from these two white dots at the top on um, Eason and McKay, they're blocking one guy when their opponent is bringing six. They rushed six. We had six in the block, and they had a free rusher. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. That is where you need to be better. Because like Grayson always says, you can put an NCAA-created player back there. And when you've got Andy Air blocking for him, don't worry. Don't worry. It'll all be over soon. The last part of this, I saw a lot of folks say that Keon Lassane on his route didn't put in any effort to make the catch here. I think if you go back and you rewatch this play from the vertical angle, so the camera's behind uh, arms, yeah. I think you'll see that the pass was already passed, not no pun intended there, Lassane. I, I don't think he could have reached out and touched this ball. I think it had already whizzed past him, and it was out of reach. So I think you could put that to bed as well. The ball was uncatchable for Lassane and then ultimately led to the interception. So this Kenton's explanation here shows you exactly why the, the pressure was simply enough to force an errant throw here from Armstrong. How would you expect MJ Morris to handle a similar situation here since this is now relevant? Okay, so if MJ Morris is placed in that exact same situation, I'm expecting one of two things. Number one, I'm expecting you to read the coverage and see single high. I know I have a fade on. Throw the fade against single high, period. Don't ask any questions. Don't, don't, don't guess about it. Don't think twice about it. Anytime you see single high, Okay, the safety's in the middle of the field. So even if I look down my receiver, unless that safety is Ed Reed or something like that, they're not going to be fast enough to get over there. Let me, as soon as I see that safety drift to the middle of the field, boom, I'm getting my eyes over there. Does my receiver have a step? Oh, he does, dropping the bucket. If you take a sack, that sack puts us at what? Second and 16? Yep. Second and 17? Super plus territory. I'm expecting him... Again, I'm not expecting MJ to be perfect. I know he'll make some plays that I say, man, that's a bonehead play. Because here's the thing. MJ might have made the same play as Brennan. But you know why MJ making that same play is better than Brennan making that play? He's in year two. He can learn. He's in year two. So when he makes that play, I'm going to say to myself, you know what? 
it's cool. He's not going to be making that play in year three, year four, potentially year five. He's not going to be making that play again. In just a moment here, we're going to round out our Tuesday episode with a whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something. Stick with us. Our second sponsor of the day is Bird Dogs. Point blank period, Bird Dogs makes you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. The Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as a Lululemon type fit, but simply way more comfortable. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And as the weather continues to get cooler, you might as well look into their jogger collection as well. I personally just had my joggers on last weekend while I was out and about. Take my word for it. You're going to want them for this football season while you lay on the couch all weekend long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Finishing up our Tuesday episode with our new regular segment, whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something. We have three more topics to discuss. Kenton, our first one here. There are some allegations that have been floating around that some of the, I guess, offensive linemen were perhaps skipping out on blocks, which were leading to the Louisville defense getting to Brendan Armstrong as quick as they were. What do you make of this? A whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something? All right. So I told y'all I was always going to tell you when I have a source close to the team and when I'm like, you know, when I'm just telling you what I think. This one, I did not reach out to a source for because there were multiple fans who interacted with us personally who hit us up, me and Grayson as individuals, and said, hey, I think that these boys were, you know, trying to get Brandon out. I knocked that off. Now, can you say, hey, these guys were playing uninspired, like they weren't inspired by Brandon? That's an argument to make. Right. I don't know how you tangibly measure that, but that's an argument to make. I, I'm so. definitely definitely going a whole lot of nothing here. Here's where I think this thought process comes from, because I think there's a little bit of truth in the idea that if Dave Doran were to stick with Armstrong moving forward, even today into this coming game with Marshall, you would probably lose some of the locker room. With the play that we've seen so far, it's easy to understand why some players would be discouraged. But they are not throwing blocks to yeah. get their to get their guy in, uh, so to speak. That and ain't you're mess, and you're messing up your money. Yeah, you're messing up your money. NFL teams are going to see that. If you think that receivers are quitting on their routes, do you think the NFL teams like don't watch those plays or are like, oh well, this player clearly quit on the route because he didn't like Brennan, so we're not gonna come on. If you if you did that in college and the coaches in the NFL know that. What do you think they're going to do to you? Next one here. Some questions on quarterback management. What do you mm. make of some folks saying that Coach Dorn has completely mishandled quarterback situations over his tenure here? See, <laughs> and this is this is where everybody who knows me knows I'm a rule breaker and I never really listen to like the only options given. I'm the, I was always the kid. But if you're like this or that, I'd say or. I think it's some of something. I think it's some of something. I don't think it's a whole. That's my answer. That's my answer. I don't think it's a whole lot of because there have been times where I was just like, when you watch Bailey Hockman and uh, when you watch Bailey Hockman and um, Devin Leary throw the ball, there's 
there's no world in which I watched those two and thought to myself, this is close. I think it's some of something. I, I don't think that Doran has managed it so poorly to the point where I'm like, all right now, brother, like you're costing us three, four, you know, I, I would say that we probably in, in his entire tenure, I probably say about four to five games have been dropped messing around with quarterback situation. But I, I don't think that it's been a situation where it's like, Hey, this is tantamount to coaching malpractice that we're not getting this right. Yeah. So my answer was a little bit of something. And I do go back to 2019 when actually Matt McKay was the starting quarterback over both of Bailey Hockman and Devin Leary. That one, I, it, this whole situation with Armstrong and MJ Morris here, it just immediately reminded me of how I felt in 2019 as they trotted out Matt McKay, who just respectfully could not run an ACC offense. He, yeah. he was not a, an ACC quarter. Bailey Hockman, he turned out to be, he was what he was, some good, some bad. To think that the two of those guys were above Devin Leary in the depth chart. Now, look, I get Leary was a freshman. Fine. But the way that that season had gone on with a multitude of injuries, all all season outlook had been tossed out the window. The the continued wait to get to Devin Leary was head-scratching. Yeah. You could have very easily just given him the keys, say, look, here you go. This is going to be your program. Now's your time to build up some confidence before we hit the ground running here in a year or two. So this situation between Armstrong and Morris, it reminds me of that. And so for that reason, I'm going with a little bit of something. Our last one here is a potentially big time development with the news of MJ taking over at quarterback. Our starting center, Dylan McBan, is returning to the center position this Saturday, right as MJ Morris takes over the helm as QB1. Whole lot of nothing or whole lot of something? Oh, a whole lot of nothing. What is this? Psych, you saw the segment that we just did on pass protection. Pass protection genuinely falls on two people. Who are those two people, Grayson? It's going to be the center and the quarterback. That They're normally the two who make the calls. They're normally the two. Grayson has been a lovely assistant, by the way, a lovely assistant on today's episode. <laughs> you know, he's been spot on. He's been Johnny on the spot. But the reality is, your quarterback and your center are the ones who set the protections. And this is no offense to Lyndon Cooper. He may have, it may have been a moment where he just wasn't accustomed to in live action. Hey, teams are going to overload us. Teams are going to send six and seven and all that. And I got to be prepared for that. So no, no shade, no disrespect to him. I think that Dylan is, is better equipped for the role. I think that he's going to do what he needs to do there. And also it allows us to move Lyndon back to guard, which is the position that he, he was uh, supposed to be a starter at. So all in all, I think that um, I think that there's a whole lot of something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I talked yesterday about how potentially MJ Morris taking over in this Marshall game is the perfect spot for him to do so in that it's a non-conference opponent, you're at home, it's a chance to get your bearings before you dive back into ACC play. But getting back your starting center as you're trying to break in a new quarterback for this season is crucial. Because like we just mentioned in that last segment, some of the communication and then subsequently the execution has not been there in McMahon's absence. The the rest of this season, the expectations have sort of risen back up with MJ taking over the helm here. It is effectively an audition, I guess, so to speak, for the years to come. 
you're, you are now going to see the future of NC state football beginning on Saturday. It's going to start with this offense being able to run at its peak performance. And that of course is with Dylan McMahon at the center position. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And at the end of the day, Dylan McMahon is the guy that was named to the freak list and all that about like, you know, best athletes and whatnot in, in college football. And there is no better feeling than having a guy center that, you know, you can rely on and lean on and, and he knows the calls, he knows the checks, he knows what's going on and all that out there. There's a, there's, there's really no better feeling. So at the end of the day, this is a whole lot of something. This could be a massive moment for the offense in terms of the run game in terms of the passing game and pass protection, in terms of everything. And and so, yes, there is a world where MJ doesn't make the offense look that much better or some receivers still can't get open, all that good stuff. That's a possibility. There's also a possibility that this team, this, this offense cranks that thing to the max um, now that we've got a, a, you know, better situation going on at quarterback and sure. center. That will do it for us here on Tuesday. As always, thank you so very much for tuning in with us. Make sure you comment, like, and subscribe on this video. Get your comments in the comment box. We'll get to each and every one of those. Always remember, we have our Fan Friday coming up on Friday. We'll be displaying our top fan comments of the week. That could be you as long as you get your comments in and we will respond to them. Uh, Make sure to hit that subscribe button as well as we continue our climb to 800 now. We've made a lot of progress here in the last couple weeks. So thank you all for the support again until tomorrow. We will see you then go pack, go pack.